I never expected to see what the real streets of Tokyo are like, or what kind of everyday things that we are doing, we are having in Tokyo. So people started to say even thank you for sharing and you know letting them see what it actually is like in, in Tokyo or in, in Japan. In the Roppongi neighborhood of Tokyo, in an area formerly known as Spanish Village, at the end of what is a dead end lane is Uguisu Shop. My name is Hikaru Komura. I'm maybe more known as Hiki, which is my nickname. I am an owner of a store called Uguisu, where I sell a selection of products made by Japanese artisans, independent artists, and small makers from Japan to the world through my online store and at my physical store. Hiki has opened the store just for us this morning. She told me in advance that 11 a.m. is the best time during the day for sunlight in her shop. And she's right, I can tell just walking down the street. While walking from the Roppongi train station to Uguisu, a walk that really should only take about 10 minutes, we get lost. It turns out that the couple of roads in the area that she's in are a bit like a maze. And one wrong turn can get you headed in a large circle. As you walk from the station, away from all the, the hustle and bustle, All of a sudden you would find this very quiet and quaint little corner that you probably hadn't expected to see. We pass residences and apartment blocks. The sun is slightly overhead in our eyes and we don't pass a single person on the street. It's very quiet. We know we've found the right spot because Hiki has thoughtfully set out her shop's small A-frame sign on the sidewalk for us. Otherwise, there's no signage on the building and it's unapparent that anything commercial is going on here. The building that she's in is white and curved and covered in foliage. There's trees and leaves all outside her building. The architecture is organic. It's individual and one of a kind. All the windows are different shapes and sizes, irregular. The walls are textured stucco in different patterns, waves and dashes and hatches. There's not a single doorknob or door frame that's the same as another. We find out later from Hiki that the building was originally a part of five apartment blocks that were built in 1936. And this one is just one of three remaining. And I am very lucky to be in here. So this building itself is quite unique mm. to find in Tokyo. And so just the space itself or the, the architecture itself I get quite a good surprised reaction from people who visit here 
So I'm very lucky with that. But not just to rely on the outside or the, you know, the, the box of what I have. I try to, or, or I hope that people would find something that's unique, which is quite difficult to do in, in Tokyo or I guess anywhere in the world. You know, there are countless of stories online and physical. Try to be unique、uh, is a difficult thing, but it's a fun thing to try to. This is the first time that I'm meeting Hiki. To get to know her, similar to finding her store, requires intentionality. You have to be seeking her out. A mutual friend of ours connected the two of us. She greets us at the door. Inside, music is playing quietly, and besides the sunlight that's coming in from the window, there are only a few dim, yellow tinged lights on. The feeling in the store is of wood and warmth. It's very tidy, but there are so many things for you to look at and appreciate. There are mobiles hanging from the ceiling and lanterns in a corner. Hiki is a native Tokyoite who studied abroad in Australia, hence the slight accent. In 2009, after moving back to Tokyo, Hiki started a blog in order to keep practicing her English since she hadn't found any opportunities to do so since returning from Australia. Soon, she started to gain readers from abroad who were appreciative of being able to see what Tokyo really is like. And to learn about the daily experiences of a local. Besides leaving kind comments, her blog readers would ask questions, often about things that they saw depicted in the photos Hiki used in her posts. Perhaps Hiki would post a photo of her desk, and they would be curious about one item or the other a pen, an envelope. Hiki would respond with links and details regarding how readers could go about purchasing these items. I used to, you know, find links to the websites for, for the shops that I had bought them or the shops that carry them and send the links to people who asked me questions. But they would all say it's all in Japanese and they don't know how to buy it. Or even if they could ask the stores in English, they would say we don't ship overseas. So I thought, well, I could. Maybe quickly create a little online store so that people can buy those things that they want to. And honestly, I never expected it to be a business. It was something that I, you know, it was something that was along、uh, on the same line as my blogging or、um, just sharing stuff. This was during a moment in time where there weren't that many people writing and communicating in English from Japan yet. But increasingly, people outside of the country were fascinated with Japanese culture. We in Japan always tend to think that people, people outside of Japan would not be interested in things that are, seem ordinary to us.、Mm. I, from my blog and from my readers, I learned that 
all the daily things or just ordinary things which are ordinary to us are not always ordinary to other people. It, I, I think it is changing now. In Japan, we are more for starting to focus on traditional things, the Japanese crafts, artisan-made things are becoming very popular now and we know that they are recognized by people from outside of Japan. A simple notebook, a lifestyle magazine, a small coin dish, items that the Japanese find ordinary and wouldn't turn to for inspiration within the country were items Hiki found globally people were drawn to. You know, we in Japan, we tend to look for inspirations from Europe or North America. Everything Western seems very attractive. Um, we don't think that Japanese magazines could attract people's interest or that they would seem appealing to other people. But I found everyone was talking about these Japanese magazines and they were wanting them even though they don't they're not able to read them. Those images were attracting other people and I thought that's very interesting and thought, why didn't I see that? Hiki has friendships with artisans and craft makers in Tokyo and the greater area around the city. She seeks out items that are Japanese-made, that have cultural significance or special stories. Things that she deems were made with care and thoughtfulness. If you saw my online store or this store, you wouldn't probably see that it is, it is very traditional or very Japanese. Like some Japanese customers would come in and, and they are they would say, oh, is this made in Japan? Is this Japanese? And so you have quite a few Japanese things. And I would say, well, 90% Japanese made, but people don't expect that. Many of the items are crafted by contemporary makers using traditional Japanese techniques. There are earrings dyed with natural indigo grown in Yamagata, small ceramic plates that utilize an old Japanese dyeing method called katazome, handmade washi paper receipt books, a collection of hand-painted ceramics by Aya Yamanobe from Mashiko, a large pottery hub in the Kanto region. It's really nice for me to be in the store and get to see the physical objects. Mm -hmm. But even when I was just looking at them, like online and on your Instagram, I think, uh, the emotions they evoke is joy and like, I feel happy when I look at a lot of the oh, items nice. you select. And I was wondering if you think about that, like you pick, if you pick items that bring people happiness or evoke a kind of pleasure. Mm, definitely I do. Um, when I'm buying something, I always want something that would add a tiny bit of happiness or joy to my day otherwise it's just something that you you need but i don't mean to sell things that don't mean anything to anyone 
it would be nice to, you know, especially online, if someone is buying all the way from overseas and things arrive all the way from Japan, I would like it to be a little bit special. Yeah. It's not like you're just click, clicking and buying things online and things arrive at your doorstep. I would like it to be a little bit different because they, I, I want to put an, a tiny bit of extra effort or anything personal or analog yeah. to it. I asked Hiki if she thinks of herself as an advocate for Japanese culture and the art of handicraft because that's how I saw it. And she said no, she's modest. She shies away from this idea of having embarked on some heroic mission or painting herself as an ambassador of Tokyo creative culture. She envisions people coming to learn about Japanese culture through increasing awareness and fitting it into their lives in whatever way comes the most naturally. I would like to tell people, when I say people, it's mostly people who are not from here, um, people who are not familiar with Japanese culture or products as much. Through a product, I think there are many things that I can tell people about Japan. Um, for instance, there are like small money pockets, money envelopes that I sell quite a, quite a few of them. People who are not accustomed to the culture of giving money placed in an envelope would see the envelopes as just envelopes um, for giving gifts or making collages or things like that, which is totally fine. But I think it would be nice to be able to also tell about what the original purpose of those products are and um, small things like that it doesn't matter if people see that or understand or even care maybe you know you, you don't really care when you pick an envelope you don't need to know a story behind it it's just an envelope but some people might like to know that kind of little background story Hiki, through the way she has envisioned and runs Uguisu, gently makes people knowledgeable about Japanese culture in items where it might not have been apparent. Beyond that, Hiki also seeks to highlight the human behind objects and systems. For example, before sending her wares out, Hiki hand wraps most of the items she ships from Uguisu in gift wrapping paper made by Natsuko Kozue. I think it's nice to try and see that there's a human behind um, an online store. Sometimes you don't, sometimes you could forget that there's something who wrapped it or someone who packed it and shipped it. Although it, things have made really easy in, you know, in, in this day, still people, so many people are behind all that thing. So I try not to forget that. Um, not just with some something I do, but you know, whenever I do things online. In addition to running her shop, Hiki works as a freelance web designer. In that regard, she is equally deliberate and makes it clear to her clients that there's a maker behind websites as well. At first, her freelance work was her main priority. And 
the shop was a side project, but as Uguisu grew increasingly successful, Kiki reevaluated. There was a time when I found it really difficult to do both of the freelance work and Uguisu work. I do it all by myself. So I was basically working every day, day and night, and I was really busy and didn't have time to rest. But I still had to do that. In a city where the pace is frenetic and as a person whose personality makes her desire the best for her customers, her blog readers, and her clients, it took Hiki some time to learn that as important as it is to work hard, it's equally important to find time to rest. I don't do as much design work as I used to. And I, I am starting to be able to take less work um, outside of Oguisu. And also because I'm not able to overwork like I used to be able to, I am starting to feel that it is really important to you know, make sure that you take a day off in a week yeah. and, and you know let your brain and body rest mm. otherwise it wouldn't anything I, I am not able to create anything good mm. which is very um common sense <laughs> i just couldn't think like that for a long time but did, did you find after you opened the shop that it fulfilled you creatively in a different way? I, I guess so. I didn't realize that until maybe about three, four years since I started it. Because this happened without a plan. For the first few years, it was all about trials and errors. Like I had to, I was just trying this and trying that and not everything worked out so I was focusing on how to make it work so I didn't really see how it might look from outside um, how people might see what I do or I really didn't care about those things. Oguisu emerged as an answer to questions that came up from a blog originally created by Hiki for her to practice English. In a way, Hiki set out to hone her own language skills and wound up providing a cultural education to others. Now, having been able to establish a steady clientele online and carved out her own nook in Roppongi, she sees an opportunity for Uguisu to become something more. Not just a solution for people overseas, but something meaningful for artists and makers in Japan. For the past eight years since opening online store, like I said, for about for the most of it, have been trying to make things work. From doing that, I started to see what I can do with the guisu. What I can do for what can I, what I can do through it. Um, those things are trying to to help individual artists or small makers to be known outside of Japan. Some people don't even have their web websites, or they don't know the ways to expose their 
work or to promote what they do, although they would really want for many more people to see their work, I think that I can do that through my store. And that's something meaningful, not just for myself, but to artists or makers, as well as people who want to find new things. Music